0: read here Lamentations, uh, the Lamentations of Jeremiah, and we're going to pick up in chapter three, starting with verse 16, one of the most famous passages in the scripture. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. And then over to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read two sections verse, uh, from chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, and then we're going to skip down to verse 19. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises us from the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And then down to verse eight, uh, verse 19. rather. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Pardon me. Well, as I look back on the last four years, and it's been uh, four years ago this month, I think the last four years have been the most pain, personally painful season that I can ever remember in my life. Now, I've had some pretty tough times. Uh, I've gone through a lot of conflict in the midst of ministry. Um, you know, it's, it was the foundation for the, the book that I wrote, "Freed to Lead." Um, I, you know, had tr- challenges in my upbringing, as most all of us do at some point in time. But I think, you know, the last four years, it just feels like I. Sometimes I felt a bit like Job, and I felt like I've been touched in places that uh, I didn't think I could be touched. I mean, I'm thankful that I have such a strong marriage, and our marriage hasn't been challenged in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, And hopefully, uh, if you've seen me around, uh, none of you would ever figure out that I've had some of the most difficult years, uh, personally, emotionally, of my life. Uh, And I I wouldn't go through the catalog of all the things that have happened uh, these last four years because I don't want you to leave depressed, Uh, you know, and, and... a lot of times when I, I tell my story to people, uh, I, I get this, people will say, oh, wow, I, I thought I had it rough, but I, I kind of feel good about my life now. Uh, so, and, and certainly, certainly it has been challenging, it has been painful. And the real temptation when you go through these times is to lose all your hope, to start thinking, hey, I'm never going to get out of this. Uh, Because, you know, four years is a very extended period of time. Most of us, if we go through tough times, we expect them to last an hour or two or maybe a week or two or, you know, in a really dire situation, maybe a month or two. But we don't tend to expect them to last uh, uh, over a season of time. Uh, and we don't expect them to be really rough. Somehow, we, we kind of think that, okay, if we're really, if we're Christians, if we have faith, if we trust in Jesus, then we're not going to go through these times. Or if we go through them, you know, we'll go through them kind of like strength to strength. You know, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Yeah, I lost my arms, but praise God, I'm good. You know, my dog left me, my wife left me, my house burned down, but hallelujah, thank Jesus. You know, and, and that's just not real life. And we all understand that, and we've all seen the, those kinds of attitudes, and we think that you know God must really dislike somebody if they go through those times. But you look at Jeremiah, and you look at Paul, and you see that they went through some really, really intensive times. I mean, notice uh, what Jeremiah's saying here. Jeremiah started out when he was a teenager. He was called by God uh, at a very young age, and he watched the collapse of of his civilization as he knew it he watched the collapse of everything that he held dear he had to see it and a lot sometimes people blamed him for it because he was prophesying some of the things that were going to happen so he watched as everything fell apart I mean this is worse than Brexit it's worse than the mess that we've had in Parliament it it is is we, we can hardly imagine Unless we've lived through one of the world wars, we can hardly imagine what it was like for what Jeremiah was going through. Uh, you know, and notice he, he says, you know, my soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Uh, one of my, my big things, a lot of people the last uh, couple of years, they've said, are you happy? And I, my response has been, well, happiness is irrelevant. Uh, And and I don't know that that's true or not, but that's been my response, you know, because that's the way I've, I've been kind of feeling, you know. So I say, my endurance has perished. I mean, it's like I can't go on, and I feel that way sometimes. I just can't go on, just can't take the next step. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. I mean, that is really, really intensive stuff. And you could go all the way back to the beginning of the the Lamentations, and you just hear it continually, what's going on there. Or you look at what Paul went through. Uh, You know, we we tend to to think, well, Paul, you know, this real strong guy, uh, never, yeah, okay, he had some challenges, but he just kind of went from strength to strength. But look what he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction... We experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. I mean, this is really intense, extreme, painful situations that these guys are going through that sometimes we as Christians go through. And the question in the midst of that is, where is our hope? So often, you know, our hope is, uh, and by the way, hope, I'm meaning now in a worldly sense, our wishful thinking is that it's going to be over quickly, uh, that, okay, we're going to have all the strength we need to endure, that we won't have any problems, we won't have any challenges getting through it, uh, we're going to get through it, that God is going to show up at, you know, 11.59, you know, the 11th hour, and actually what happens when God doesn't make it until 12.05? I mean, we, we, we struggle, and so we say... Where is our hope in the midst of this? And it's really tempting to abandon all of our hope. To to just leave it aside and say we have no hope. And it's in the midst of this that sometimes people even take their lives because they think it's hopeless. I, I, I can't go anywhere. I have nothing in the midst of all this pain, in the midst of all this struggle, in the midst of all this suffering Clearly, I I just don't have any hope. I've almost given up on God showing up to get me through, to overcome this. And we get caught in the middle of all of this and we are tempted to fall into deep discouragement, depression, and despair. How do we keep from that? Where do we find hope? What, What is going on in the midst of all of this? Well, both Jeremiah and Paul, in what they said in the text today, teach us about hope in the midst of the deepest pain that we can imagine. Where is the hope? How do we have hope in the midst of the deepest pain that we can imagine? Well, first of all, Jeremiah starts out, and and essentially what he's saying here. And I'm not going to go through verse by verse, as I often do, uh, just for the sake of time. But essentially what he says here, to start out with, you know, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The great hymn, great is thy faithfulness, O God, that comes from this, this passage. What is Jeremiah saying here? He's saying that in the midst of hope and pain, we have to remember God's character, We must remember the character of God, who God is, who God is in himself. In particular, Jeremiah tells us to remember God's steadfast love, his unending mercy, and his great faithfulness. God's love never leaves us. God's love never forsakes us. God's love is always steadfast. It does not depend on our performance And it does not depend on our pain. Even in the midst of the deepest pain, God's love is still there for us. God's mercy never ends. So often when we're in the midst of this pain, we kind of think we need to get it right. We need to say the right things or, or do the right things. And certainly we shouldn't sin in any way and mess things up. And so we need to remember God's mercy is unending. It's not about us getting it right or getting it wrong. God is merciful to us, even in the midst of all of that. And also, God's faithfulness is great. God will be faithful to us. Doesn't mean that we will see it in the instant. Doesn't mean that we will see it in the moment. But even over the last four years in my own life, I see continually the love, the mercy, and the faithfulness of God. And if we will remember God's character and begin to look for these things, we will see it. We will see the manifestation of God's character in these areas, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our struggle, even what we're going through. Then he says something interesting in verse 24. He says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Essentially, Jeremiah is saying here that we need to remember That God is enough. God is enough. If everything else is stripped away from us, God is enough. God is our portion. God is our hope. God is our refuge and strength, according to the psalmist. God is enough. Too often, what we want is God and something else. I want God and money. I want God and a perfect relationship. I want God and a bigger house. I want God and a nicer car. I want God and a better job. And those things aren't wrong. But what happens if you don't get any of those things? What happens if you're struggling with your call in the Lord, and you don't think like you're, you you do not feel like your life has amounted to what you want your life to amount to, and you don't see the fruit that you want to see? Can you say, God is enough? Even if I don't see all of that, God is enough. Jesus is enough. That's where our hope is, to remember Jesus is enough. God is enough. Then we need to seek God. It's not a time to be passive, but it's a time to go to God continually to get understanding. Now, what I've discovered is that most of the time God won't let you know until after it's all over. Most of the time you won't get understanding until you're at the end of it, but you need to seek God in the midst of it. If you don't seek God, you won't know that He's, not, that he's enough. If you don't seek God, you won't know His character, His faithfulness, His love, His mercy. So we need to seek God. We need to press in, pray, read the Bible, gather together with other Christians, absolutely essential, continually seek God, draw near to him, grow close to him. And then he says, wait quietly. Jeremiah says, wait quietly. This means don't complain. A lot of times, and and I've got Christian friends who seem to be complaining all the time. Is complain, complain, complain. And the things that they're complaining about, I oftentimes, because I, I know their lives, and I'm thinking, wow, I wish I had your life. I wish I had your money. I wish I had your fruit. And now you're complaining? Don't complain. Wait. And that's the quiet part of that. Now, we can complain to God. I don't think God minds that. He hears us. He listens to us. But... What happens is if we complain a lot, we focus on our circumstances. We don't focus on God. We focus on what's happened to us. We don't focus on God's character. It's absolutely essential to focus on God's character. So we wait quietly until the Lord brings deliverance because he's faithful and he will do that. And then Paul is essentially adding to what uh, Jeremiah has said from the perspective of the resurrection he's effectively you could summarize what Paul says as have faith and rely on God who raises the dead God is the one who raises the dead and we're not dead yet So there's still a possibility to be raised. There's still a possibility to go on. We have a God who raises the dead, and that same power that He used in raising the dead is available to us, is working in us right now according to faith in Christ Jesus. So we need to have faith, and in the midst of all this, rely on God with our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ. And Paul reminds us that all God's promises are yes in Jesus. There's nothing that God will withhold from us. We, not, we won't necessarily experience the fulfillment of all of them in this life, But we'll see some of them, and we can be confident that he says yes in Christ Jesus. We can be confident, as Paul says, that God has established us. He has drawn us to himself. He's made us his followers. He will not abandon us. He will not leave us. He will not cast us away. He has established us. God has sealed us. He's made us his own. He sealed us as his precious chosen children, and God has given his Holy Spirit in us to continue to work in us, so we, because of these things, we can have faith on God and rely on God who raises the dead. It's not easy to go through times of deep suffering. It's not easy to go through seasons of deep pain, especially if they're protracted. But if we listen to Jeremiah, we listen to Paul, we can know that even in the midst of the worst circumstances imaginable, we have hope. We have hope not because we're great, not because we're tough, not because we've got what it takes to get through. We have hope because of God in Christ and who we are in Christ. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for stirring our hearts in hope. Thank you for reminding us of your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, the wonders of your character. Lord, I pray that no matter what what painful situation we go through, you'd help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, to wait on you in hope that you will bring the promised resurrection through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.